How dare you insult the pioneer of centaur research? Welcome and welcome back to another episode of Beers with Talos. This one is episode number nine, number nine. We have some very special stuff going on today. We are joined by Dr. Adam J. O'Donnell, Ph.D., who is a very special friend of Talos, and you may recognize that name as the founder of Immunet and, and many other projects. We also have some great information, this being the last episode before we all head out to Black Hat and DEF CON. So stay tuned for some special information, and let's just get right into the show. Uh, gentlemen, we usually get started by going around the table. Uh, yeah, but before we start, Mitchell, um, Matthew and I would love to apologize to Dr. Adam J. O'Donnell, PhD, for anything that Craig Williams is about oh, to say. The ignorance <laughs> and the insolence. It'll be unacceptable when we apologize in advance. Yes. I, I will have to, uh, I will make sure to write a letter to the board of PhDs who will put it on this, per- <laughs> put it on this permanent record and it'll be put on there so hard it'll carry over to, to his grandchildren's permanent Oh no. Craig will great. never be a PhD now. His grandchildren will get detention. Before we jump into into the roundtable today, we, we do have a special guest, and and I have a special intro that actually the the guys wrote for you. Uh, so if uh, anybody's wondering or or doesn't really know the exploits of of the wonderful doctor, it is difficult to explain. Doctor Adam J O'Donnell, PhD. You simply have to meet him. Everyone, literally everyone, worships at the altar that is Doctor Adam J O'Donnell, PhD. He's an extraordinary individual. If the Justice League existed, he would be the chairman of the board, the Council of Elrond, asks for his opinions. He has a cult of dead cow bag that he carries his laptop in. It's believed that Al has requested it be left to him in the event of his death. He saved Italy from the fascists. He is the reason housing prices are so high in San Francisco. Everyone simply wants to live by him. Drexel University was constructed just for him. The last time he went on vacation, the economies of three countries he visited recovered from recession. So without further ado, I give you today's special guest, Dr. Adam J. O'Donnell, PhD. Hi guys, how are you? (laughs) We're all good now. Yes. So we usually get things started by going around the table. Everybody can talk about something that's on their mind. Um, if we go to the queue and do everyone in order, um, Dr. Angry Oracle, Nigel, you are first in queue. <laughs> What's on your mind today? Well, top of my mind today, um, I think we need to discuss Craig's anger issues towards robots. <laughs> or alternatively, we need to discuss robots' anger issues towards Craig. Well, that would be easy to explain. I mean, it's Craig, right? <laughs> I don't know what you guys are referring to. Oh, we you know what we're referring to, Craig. <laughs> I got it up on the table right now. Uh-huh. Why don't Craig, you tell us, Craig, what, what brought the problem is? Go ahead and tell us what happened. Today is the Talos barbecue. And in preparation for that, I was, uh, you know, getting the barbecue out, playing with the dog in the pool, had a few drinks. Um, you know, I've got a pool pump that drives my little robot who cleans the pool. And, of course, I turned off the, uh, the booster pump. So the robot's supposed to turn off. Turns out, if you leave it on high, the robot will just kind of slowly crawl out of the pool without making any noise or anything. 
And man, I just kicked the shit out of him. It was it was glorious. Well, you, you have to because that it's the first side of the uprising. Oh yeah, Musk is right. Yeah, well, hey, you know, tell Elon I got it handled. <laughs> Didn't work out too well for my toe, but uh, I, I think we're okay. And it was crawling out of the primordial ooze that is your swimming pool in the backyard. <laughs> it actually will suck up on the wall and try to climb out of the pool. Have you tried uh, more chlorine? Because <laughs> whatever's infected that thing, it, it, it's it's not okay for. I don't know. I'm gonna go rub some new computer parts in there and just see what happens. <laughs> That's your high-tech solution from Craig. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, so far, he's the only person I know who has had a fight with a robot and ended up in ER. <laughs> there, there will be more of us. There be will fair. be. He's just the first of many, million. There were no broken bones or exposed bleeding. Uh, just a big, unsightly bruise. <laughs> so, you know, in the list of dumb things I've done, that was the topper for the week. <laughs> just the week. Just the week. <laughs> Uh, Matt, anything on your mind? Um, Other than Craig fighting robots? It really was mainly about Craig, although that does remind me of a story of one Talos member, or or back then it was the VRT member who was no longer here, but got in a fight with a chainsaw and lost, (laughs) and was sitting in the ER, no no lie, reading the manual for the chainsaw while bleeding (laughs) from the chainsaw. (laughs) Sounds perfectly reasonable. I don't know why you guys are judging him so harshly. He's a little late for that. A- <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> what, what was this person hoping to get from the manual at that point in time? Uh, uh, closure? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a refund. <laughs> what is the warranty on this chainsaw? Uh-huh. Chapter 8, does, does blood, uh, how to get blood out of chainsaw chain. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they cover this in Screamers? Something about uh, eyeballs making good blade lubricant? Oh, Atreus. Wow, wow, that's dark. You guys don't remember yeah. that one? The movie Screamers with the little robots? Did you just say vitreous humor? That's no. that's fantastic. I did. <laughs> We're going to have a whole show just of openers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so I think we hit everybody on the over. Adam, uh, would you like to, to get something off your chest? Anything on your mind today that you would you would like to open the show with? And we can kind of lead into lead into the topics we want to talk about. Uh, to, to, to be honest with you, I, I've been so, uh, buried in work and, uh, uh, trying to get a product out the door. That's, that's all I really been thinking about. So I, I wish I was more exciting than that right, right at the moment. <laughs> is, is there anything you can talk about with the product you're trying to ship? Yeah, it's the, uh, Cisco security connector for, uh, iOS. Ooh. Ooh. That sounds like a rather big deal. I, I've heard, I heard it may be a big deal. Um, it's pretty exciting. Shipping a 1.0 of a product uh, that requires the work of three different engineering teams across two different orgs, plus business development, sales, and marketing. It's uh, in, in, in a matter of months is uh, not, not easy. Ah, sounds simple. So 100% and bug-free. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no problems. Yeah. There's uh, no cats to hurt there. <laughs> no, I, 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 I will slip features. I won't slip schedule. And so I, I will slip... Uh, uh, a lot of features that may be buggy in exchange for a few core features, which uh, are written uh, very cleanly instead. Mm. If so, only yeah. everybody followed that example. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right. Good we wouldn't have a job, guys. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting ready for the podcast today, I, I did a good bit of research and turned up, um, you know, quite a few patents that, that have your name on them. 
Uh, and so I, I'm assuming that you're, this is not your first product that you've built. Back in uh, previous incarnations of, uh, of Sourcefire, Immunet, and other things, uh, you've done a lot of work on a lot of these with um, Al Huger. That's correct. Who must be difficult to work with because rumor has it if he were to sing in his natural voice, it would actually cause the human brain to melt. Um, that Al Huger speaks at three hertz in most of the time. He does. And he, he summons elephants. <laughs> <laughs> he speaks in ultrasound. Infrasound, excuse me. There are female whales on the other side of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> you get very excited every time he gets up in the morning. We always wonder why they're beaching themselves. They're really just trying to find Al. Just get to Al. <laughs> He wins well, base competitions by just showing up and saying boom. <laughs> uh, so, there, but you do have uh, several patents to your name. Um, this is, you know, you have a, made a career of, of building great products off new and innovative technology. Uh, is there any of those that you would like to, to bring up or talk about or something that has, um, you know, something that you have built that, that really made uh, more of an impact than others or, or anything you want to go through and some of the history of the awesomeness that you've done? That's, that's, that's a really hard question. Um, wow. Okay. So first off, uh, we're coming up on eighth or ninth anniversary of the, of the, uh, initial code behind the, uh, what was then called the Immunet cloud server and is now known as the, uh, the backbone of the Cisco amp technology. And, uh, to have that, uh, still pretty much exists in its uh, original form as that one piece, that keystone piece. And now it's uh, almost a decade later. I'm, I'm wildly proud of. Uh, but uh, I've been working with uh, an incredible team for almost nine years. We've lost pretty much nobody uh, except for Oliver going over to start his new project. Um, and I'm incredibly fortunate to have, have had that experience. Going from... Something that was a concept in my back bedroom uh, and something that we talked about over beers uh, at this bar in the lower height of San Francisco called Knock Knocks to a technology that protects uh, a significant fraction of the Internet's traffic is uh, it's an honor. And so it's it, 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 it's it's a ride I really can't fully describe the impact uh, that's had upon me. Uh, so I'm wildly proud of that. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I don't know really. I, I, it, it's so, it's, it's so big to me that I don't know fully how to, 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 to comprehend it. That's number one. Number two, the, the other thing that, that I'm super proud of around it is that we've created an environment in our team where we are all wildly supportive of each other. We love working together. Uh, no one wants to leave. Everyone shares the vision of the mission and that we're just going to push good software to protect people. Uh, and I'm really lucky to be part of that environment. And I'm grateful to my coworkers, my initial team of coworkers and my boss for creating that environment, sustaining it. I don't, I would never want to work anywhere else as a result. And some, one of the sorrows I have is like, Eventually, I'll have to get another job, and I don't know if I'm ever going to have as good of a team as I do now. So you you didn't come into Cisco really intentionally. I mean, Immunet came into Sourcefire, Sourcefire came into Cisco, and 
you know, that the history of Immunet, um, you guys had about a two and a half year runway to acquisition from, from the time you founded that? Yeah, something along those lines. I would say we actually were funded and were building for about 14 months. We started during the financial crisis. And so, the yeah, f- so good time to start a company. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we started about six months before the financial crisis is. And it's like, oh, stock market's at all time high. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's only going to keep getting better. You know, it's really hard to build a startup on around $2.1 million. It is indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I had a nickel. Kidding. Mm-hmm. If I had a nickel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I hear about all these startups that are getting 30 million, 50 million dollars and are shipping a fraction of what we shipped, I kind of wonder what they spend all their money on cocaine and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, foosball tables aren't free, bro. I know there's there's a company in just outside the city that will sell used ping pong tables and used foosball tables. And it's a good indicator for the health of the startup uh, scene if there's a large number of ping pong tables or, or foosball tables uh, uh, available that are used that's that's an interesting index yeah yes foosball so, index like maybe we should talk about so for people who aren't familiar with um, who are familiar with Cisco products but aren't familiar necessarily with FireAmp works into it or the technology that, that Adam worked on um, this would be the scope of, of it is it it's available on now every ESA, every NGFW. It's available standalone with FireAmp. It works with the CWS product as well. Meraki is now being added to Meraki. It's pretty. It's pretty pervasive, I think, across the whole security portfolio. Yeah, it's like one of the key pieces. And for when we do interdiction work on on my team. FireAmp endpoints, like one of our leads that we go with, uh, because there's no faster way to get an understanding of the general state of endpoints in in whole uh, than just deploying FireAmp and having it reply back with everything it knows about what's going on. So it's it's a a huge component to Cisco security posture right now. I think a, a general indicator of how important this is to us is you'll notice none of us interrupted Dr. O'Donnell. <laughs> Silent admiration. <laughs> you, you, I mean, this was not a uh, this was not a single person victory. I mean, uh, the the console, the file trajectory features, the device trajectory features. A lot of those came out of uh, Elias Levy's brain. And if it wasn't for his early work and in in, uh, in, in in showing that visibility could be done in such an easy way, the product would have never taken off the way it did. Uh, Charles Buck has been running that, you know, the the overarching parts of the team for a long period of time. Mo has owned client development and just has been a reliable thing that just happens. So Jason's been uh, running QA and ops for for significant portion of time. There's these people that have this institutional knowledge of how the product was initially conceived, built, what the customers want, how we collect customer feedback, and how we respond to the the users that without it, we would not be in the boat that we are right now. I got to give shout outs to, to my team. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking, I mean, it, I've had just because of my career through uh, Sourcefire and now Cisco, I've had the opportunity to work with all of those people. Um, and it just keeps the turtles of excellence go just all the way down. I was thinking about um, 
during the recent. Um, Wait, that's a phrase. Mm. Yeah, turtles the, of excellence. Yeah, is ah. now. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. slowly so, plotting to recycle sl- all. The <laughs> slowly plotting turtles of excellence. <laughs> <laughs> It is it's software it development. Slowly plotting is not not the least accurate thing ever said. Um, sounds like a mission but, badge. Uh, sounds like a mission badge from a spy satellite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, NRO mission forty seven. It's turtles all the way down, and you, you don't know what it does. And then you find out it actually is it's drilling holes in people's heads to figure out what's going on inside their spinal column. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I was going to say something nice about Harry, but I'm just going to skip it. Now. No! <laughs> <laughs> you were saying about Harry? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the, uh, in the recent, uh, in the recent uh, Ukrainian activity that we worked with, we, ha- we had the opportunity to work really closely with all those people you mentioned. And also, uh, Harry, who's always our palace's first, like, hey, how does how does fire app act in this situation or what does this telemetry mean or what is the data suggesting here? And he just tells you just exactly every data, all data has like kind of like a bias and kind of a, a flavor to it. That's, that's never obvious. And he's always able to tell you, well, this is what it's trying to tell you. Not necessarily what's immediately obvious. Super useful to have that quality of, of assistance right out of the engineering group available. To you. Yeah. And uh, our relationship with you guys is, is- fantastic in that way where it's like look we know what the tool does tell us how you would what you're seeing out there and we'll work together to either tune the product or come up with uh, a new ioc or some other technology that will rapidly address what that situation is and the product wouldn't work if it wasn't for that collaboration collaboration has kind of been a a homework again in the in the research i was doing um I, i ran across an article in TechCrunch that seemed to indicate that that collaboration has been something that you've been part of, you know, from the beginning of your, of your career. Uh, and this one seemed to, well, it didn't seem to say it directly said that you were a participant in um, what's become known or what is known as the uh, woo woo groups, the woo woo uh, chat rooms. Mm, that's correct. Is, is that something you want to talk <laughs> about or not? That <laughs> That was. Mm, I'm trying to figure out what else you've discovered, but yes, that, that's correct. I was. Uh, I was. Uh, I was uh, one of the. Uh, Apparently, we need uh, to dig deeper. Uh, no, I'm sure you've probably been able to figure everything out. Uh, <laughs> no need to look further. You've got it all. Got it all. <laughs> yes, I was a member of Woo Woo. That's correct. So that was, uh, uh, yeah, participant in those in those chats. I mean, there was and there was a lot of guys who've gone on to pretty amazing things that had a lot of people who have factored in huge into not just security, but into even like some of the consumer technology that defined half the early part of the of the millennium there. Yeah, it's uh, we used to have a joke as to who's going to end up making the most money. But Jan pretty much won by selling WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to beat that. Yeah, it's, popular, it's like, OK, well, that's we can't. None of us are going to break into the billion-dollar mark on a single sale uh, uh, as, as what we could deposit. But I would like to say a third of the people in that channel have sold startups out of maybe 30. Maybe a little bit more than a third, maybe about half at this point. That's a pretty good uh, batting average. Yeah, that's, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 333 would get you into the hall. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's really kind of how you've approached a lot of work. Like I've, I've noticed a lot of things you've been talking about. You're very team group oriented in in how you're producing these products and how you're getting things to market. I mean, would you say that that's something that you feel more people should look at in terms of security, collaboration in, in terms of security? If you're talking about in general from, yes, people should collaborate more when it comes to security. If you're talking about providing individual career advice, I would say more play to your individual strengths. For me, I find that I view things in a very my lens I look at the world is how multiple groups can work together such that the solution they come up with ends up being more than a, the sum of its parts and that negotiation isn't necessarily a zero-sum thing. So you're right now, a lot of the things I do end up doing are, are very collaboration-focused. Um, and, and that's really the the lens I look at the world through. Uh, and with that, I've, I've been fortunate enough to end up producing some pretty meaningful work how know. terrible of an interview is uh mitch hey he did his background <laughs> research didn't he? yeah jerk yeah. <laughs> i didn't know he i didn't know adam was a woo girl i <laughs> this is all new to me. i knew he liked vodka and peach schnapps so. that's so far i see he's a vodka drinker really <laughs> yeah Think more like a Coors Light kind of guy. <laughs> if I'm at the ballpark, if I'm at the ballpark, I don't care. It's like, what kind of beer would you like? Yes. Well, because it's all like seventy bucks a glass there, so it doesn't really. Like, what What is a uh, what's a what's a beer go for uh, when you when you head out to a Giants game? Uh, it depends on the quality, but you're talking eight to twelve. <laughs> wow. So it's like. Well, I think that's about what they are here too. I mean, yeah, it's a ballpark. Think? That's ballpark beer right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I was going to say, Adam, I'm surprised you're so picky because I've seen you drink some things that yeah. I know normal humans should be drinking. I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I, don't, I believe you, buddy. Would you care to elaborate on that, Matt? Or I, I would care for him not to. <laughs> There's some crazy bars in Chinatown. That's all I'm going to oh, say. Oh, that's Ooh. true. Ooh. Don't mention a name. That's that is. You don't want to make it a sudden hot spot. Well, no, it's yeah. not just that. It's a. It's sacred. Yeah, true. It is. Wait a second. It is. True. Were there scorpions involved in this story? No. 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 Okay. So it's no. not that. Bar. But I would say no. that uh, if you were ever to come out drinking with us, please let us know. And I'm not joking about this. If you have a heart condition, because <laughs> <laughs> that's hardcore as hell. Because dude. one of the drinks we found out later, one of the drinks is flavored with uh digitalis oh good lord oh, yay that's new information Damn. yeah <laughs> I, I, that's that's why i said I, i'm not joking when i say this um i don't know if i'm familiar with what digitalis is uh it moderates your heart yeah it's heart medication <laughs> and it's flavored with the push plant mitchell <laughs> yeah. and i can tell you you can't tell that anyone tried to flavor it with anything right. <laughs> it, 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 it's an interesting uh mixture concoction yeah don't get it in your eyes yeah i think my favorite part about the last time i was there was when they were putting you in a cab to go home only to come back 15 minutes later and say you escaped and ran into another bar (laughs) that was not me (laughs) or was it you know once the uh midnight hits i am like that's it i'm out of here i pull the okie doke pretty rapidly 
the uh, the source fire okie mm. <laughs> Wait, is that the part about escaping and going to the next bar? No, the, <laughs> the, the source fire okie is a patented source fire move, and that is as the group is going from bar to bar to bar, they're like, uh, as the as people are walking down the street, rather than saying your goodbyes, you just say okie doke, and you turn around and walk away. Mm-hmm. Huh. I think we can start referring to that as uh, Adam's 12th patent from now on. Like, we'll just... <laughs> I wish I could lay claim that one. That was, I would like to say it was John Zupak that, that developed the Okie It was, yeah. And the, the whole reason is, is because at, the, at that point, you really can't say anything else other than Okie Doke. <laughs> it's really Okie Doke. So, Craig, um, you know, obviously my interview questions are are total shite. So what would you like to ask the doctor? <laughs> so, you know, I, I, one of the things I'm always asked is how did you get into this? You know, what motivated you and what caused you to go from that? Let's call it hobbyist into actually being a professional security researcher. Mm. Okay. So uh, let's, again, uh, let's call it a hobbyist. And I was, uh, rather good at my hobby. And in, I'll say 99 or 2000, uh, I was friends with a guy named Mike Schiffman. He was the editor of Frack at the time. And, uh, uh yes, Route. Yes, Route, uh, who had his first, uh, baby a couple days ago. Uh, so Mike and I were friends, and he was hired at Garden, which was one of the first MSSPs. And he pings me on IRC and says, Hey, do you want a job? And I said, Sure. And he's like, All right, fly up to Boston. And so I started working part time at Garden while I was finishing up my undergrad. And my, I went to Drexel, and Drexel is a five-year program. Started in '96, and I start finishing in 2001, which again was uh, during the financial crisis. And you see a recurring theme. If 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 I start, put it this way, if I start a new project or create a new startup, expect the world economy to crash. So it was 2001, and uh, Gardent wasn't doing too well after me being there for a year and a year or so, and that really wasn't my fault. It was just you know dot-com 1.0 type conditions and a professor sat me down a woman named Athena Petropoulou and said have you ever thought about going to grad school and I was like no I, I don't think I could afford it and she said sit down let me explain to you how this works if you are in engineering in the United States and you want to get your PhD either university pays for it by you doing TA work or the federal government will pay for it and it's like I did not realize that. I always thought it was something that was a loan-driven thing. He's like, no, there's there's plenty of funding opportunities. So I, I applied, and I just continued on at Drexel, and I applied for uh, the National Science Foundation Graduate Research Fellowship Program and the National Defense, I forget what the rest of it was. It's, it was NDSEG. It was this other fellowship program from the uh, Department of Defense. And I received... Uh, I was offered both, and I ended up taking the uh, NSF uh, GRFP, and at that time, I think there's only 12 people in electrical engineering that, that received it. Uh, and that covered my graduate work uh, for four years. And while I was doing my, under, uh, the graduate, my graduate work, I was really interested in internet economics and game theory and how... Pricing models could be used to shape traffic or indicate back to the traffic generator uh, how to modify their traffic to do congestion control. 
uh, and I made some progress on this work, but frankly, my math skills are not amazing. They're decent. Uh, you see some people, they, they pick up a, a book on algebraic graph theory and they're able to kind of plow through it. Uh, for me, it's more of a struggle. Uh, I'm more of a systems designer kind of person. And, uh, you know, I, I think in terms of how systems are built and how they're broken. But I wanted to do something in this one field because I, I felt like security wasn't a legitimate uh, field of research I could get an academic job in after I graduated. Uh, and then, but at the same time, you know, I really know security super well. So after about a year and a half, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to do security research because that's the kind of stuff I, I actually know inside and out. And uh, then my PhD work became far easier to to uh, move forward with. So really, kind of a focus on your strengths type thing is what you ended up with, right? Yeah, this with the goal of being graduating, uh, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I, I got a doctorate in graduating, uh, and I'm actually really proud of the work I did. But during that entire period, I realized having having going for a tenure track professor position as a goal is probably not the healthiest goal for your mental health or your financial <laughs> health or a lifestyle uh, that you could actually have. And I kind of want to actually have a good life. And I had two options uh, finishing up uh, grad school. I was doing some consulting for the government. And I also had some friends that worked at a startup out here in California uh, called Cloudmark. And didn't want to lead a super controlled, quiet life uh, at that age. So I passed on government work. But, you know, I figured San Francisco had a lot of startups happening. I thought that would be an interesting thing to do. So I moved out here. Even though the, 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 the company was definitely startup party location while I was there. Uh, it was a very tough environment to work in, but I learned an incredible amount about system design and how systems break, how they can be built in lower maintenance ways. Uh, and I learned this because we had to rebuild a lot of the, the technology at, at uh, Cloudmark to be more sustainable and lower maintenance. And left there and ended up co-founding Immunet. Nice. So, you know, I, I bet a lot of people who are listening to this are wondering, you know, how to get started. Like, is the right way to pursue like a deep academic background or can you still get there just by hacking in your garage and learning? Uh, you know, what would you recommend to the, the audience? I, I guess it, I guess it's kind of play to your strengths. I don't think that there's did you I don't know if you guys read the book Outliers. Yeah. So you're taught, you're referencing like the 10,000 hour practice thing. There's that the 10,000 hour practice thing, but also the idea specifically they had in that section, they talked about why all the people who became really big in that industry all were around the same age. And the reason why it was because they were able to get the 10,000 hours in earlier. And there was a special time in the nineties where a bunch of people they were all teenagers at the same period of time where they had modems and access to Linux on floppies or modems and access to slip dial-up or a Vax connection or local BBS or an X25 pad. And they 
met each other and learned how to do things when uh, there was as much law enforcement uh, paying attention. <laughs> well, that was back in the days when you, you had to have some knowledge to actually get online, right? And, then so, once, and so it acted as a filter, right, for the people who could actually... So you had to have some kind yeah. of level of hunger, right? And, mm-hmm. and all the people that are online are all going to share the same interest set and the same level of hunger and be in a small group. And they're going to grow that mm-hmm. level of experience very rapidly. And it's going to put them years ahead of the people that came up behind them. It's funny you say that because one of the things I always encourage students to do is find local hacking groups. You know, like in Austin, we have Austin Hackers where people sit down and teach each other and talk about what they've learned. Uh, obviously not quite the same thing, but it, it is a great way to learn. That's, that's exactly it. You, having a peer group of people that are hungry and will push you is wildly important. That's number one. And, and that, that hunger to actually pick things up. Uh, number two is, you know, uh, there's very few people in my industry who have a doctorate. Uh, so I would not say you need to have a doctorate to get things done. The one thing that, that me having a doctorate, I would say, affords me more than anything else is I am used to going off and working on a project for a year to two years with no oversight uh, and coming back with something that, that's pretty worthwhile. That's what I think a PhD education, if, if properly applied, when you finish high school, you're able to kind of work on things that may have a couple day horizon. You, you finish your bachelor's degree, you're used to working on things that have several week horizons. With your master's, you're used to working on things that have several month horizons, and a doctor has several horizons. And that's why sometimes people are like, oh, PhDs are kind of useless in the industry because we don't have something that has a several year uh, time horizon that, that really needs, you know, we're worried about the next quarter's results. But there are certain places in computer security we need to have people that have that kind of long term long-term vision. Uh, so in some ways, I would say, uh, try to do both if you could. Uh, and I don't mean that level of education, but at least some level of education, of education that gives you some level of formality of thinking. And it doesn't even... It opens a lot of doors too, right? I mean, we never really look at certifications that much, but, you know, like like a, any degree, if you do have a bunch or you have a decent degree, sure, we'll talk to you, see if you, you know, are qualified. Yeah, and the most people, interesting people I know in computer security are ones who do not have technical degrees. I've met people who've had literature degrees or art degrees or none <laughs> or, no, or plenty have none. Uh, many people that I know in the industry have none, uh, but, but have that came at computer security with a very different mindset and they build up their analytical abilities in some random field. Music is actually somewhat common. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't really make the connection between mathematics and music, but it's definitely there. And especially if you, you know, expose your kids to it while they're young, I think it makes math a lot easier for them growing up. That or just, you know, the human experience is, is vast. If, you know, if a kid loves, falls in love with music, it's, a, it's an important part of the human experience. And just, you know, why not encourage it? Yeah. I should, I should try that whole mathematics and music thing, Greg. That's a good idea. <laughs> Get on that, Nigel. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you, should, you should really think about that, Nigel. Speaking, speaking. Uh, I know you mentioned. I know you mentioned Al's uh, Al's voice, but Nigel has the has the voice of a drunken angel. He's the patron used to, saint of headbutts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I remember uh, Source Fire days used to have jam bands. That's right. And uh, Nigel used to sing. And I was like, wow, that Nigel had an amazing voice. I remember thinking that. Oh. <laughs> Nigel, would you sing to me? <laughs> that, that is actually a comment we get frequently on the podcast is people will often say I could listen to Nigel talk all day. It doesn't matter what he says. He can no. just talk and people would listen. Well, you only I get sure that one sentence of fluidity in, in any one 24 hour period. So, you, you know, <laughs> take what you can get. We yeah, just repeat right. it over and over and over yep. for an hour. Yeah. I just picture Nigel at home with his guitar set up around the house like people, you know, one in front of the computer, <laughs> one next to him with a cup of coffee. <laughs> so, <laughs> Craig's, Craig's fever okay. dreams are pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a, I have a question for Adam. Yes. So, I mean, you, you've built a couple startups now and I, I, there's a lot of people obviously right now is a, a time when, when cybersecurity is hot and there's a lot of new technologies coming out, people trying to develop those technologies, build companies around them and do what they do with them, whether that's, you know, go for an exit or, or build into something bigger and better. Um, how did you, in your experience, balance uh, the experience of building a product versus building a company? Uh, working on your company versus working in your company. I mean, that's something that people often struggle with when they're when they're trying to create something new and, and build a company around it. We were not the best at building the company. We were really good at building the technology and the, and the product, but we were not the best at building a company. Uh, I think that if we had a more complete vision earlier, we would have had a better idea. If we had a little bit more of a, a runway to to get uh, the product at the door, we would have been in better shape. Anyone who's listening, if you're going to raise a raise a round, do it in terms of at least 18 months of funding. You get right when you get your funding, you may have a lot of prototype built, but let's say you have a you raise and you only have 12 months like we did. You start your next fundraising cycle six months after your initial round, and you go out there and you the VCs are like, okay, well, what have you done in the past six months? You really can't get that. You can get a lot done six months, but not that much. You could build a lot of technology, but if you're going for the B round, they're going to say, well, what are the user growth metrics? How are you going to convert those users over to revenue? Um, and then, and so on and so forth. And that was a mistake that we made. Uh, and uh, if I was to do it again, I wouldn't you know, make that mistake again. But, uh, you know, I was, I think I was 29 or 30. I mean, it was, I, I, I was an idiot. Um, I think that, uh, there's been a wild amount of overfunding in the security space and a lot of bad ideas out there. And so there could be at some point that blowing your fruit, I'll actually be a little bit more broad about that. There's been a wild amount of overfunding in the, startup space and a lot of bad ideas out there. And so we're starting to see a little bit of a downturn in seed and a rounds. Uh, and you could just also feel it as an energy in the, in the Valley. You don't hear people raving about their next dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say in the same bucket, you know, it's something you asked much earlier. What am I really proud of? Uh, I'm really proud that a piece of technology that, I built my, my friend with my friends and I started my back bedroom is, is kind of like the, one of the weapons on the front lines of cyber war. Right now. I never thought I would get to that point. I didn't think cyber war would actually happen. Like a, like a William Gibson style kind of thing. That's, that's going on nowadays. Uh, and I'm, I'm deeply proud of it. 
Yeah, I mean, we've had countless experiences where literally AMP was the uh, the last line of defense that saved the day. Yeah, and the I I know we can't get into it, but when when we talk about saving the day, we're talking about actual human lives on the other side. It's not just it's like oh we stopped this you know this this your computer from displaying a a black screen and saying your your computer is now stone. Uh, we're talking about actual human lives, and I it made me feel deeply proud. You know, I think the strangest part about this is that he had the idea in his back bedroom and not a bar. Just doesn't add up to me. You're trying for the bomber. <laughs> <laughs> it's still that. Oh, we have Joel joining us now. What? Joining you is a strong word. Oh, I love when Joel shows up because that means it's time for Krog to go away. <laughs> oh. All right, guys. With that said, I've got to check out and go uh, start up the Talos barbecue. Uh, thanks for the chat. Tell everybody we said hi, Craig. Yeah. Later, we'll Craig. Do. Save me some burn ends. No. Damn it. Bye. I am here. I am here to suckle at the teat of knowledge. Wow. Well, actually, well, I think what we should ask the doctor about right now is his, and he briefly touched on it earlier, and that was his um, enjoyment of the arts. And I know he does. Yeah, want I want to hear more about this. Oh, yeah, please. What, what would you like to know? Indulge us. Tell us what you're up to. Well, you're a patron of the arts. Yes. Uh, a little bit. He enjoys patronage. So I only hear like the edges. I'm actually legitimately interested in knowing what you're doing, what you're working on. Like this is not your standard Matt only thing. I'm actually kind of <laughs> oh, okay. I, can't, I, can't, I, I can't. That's the thing. I can't tell. Uh, yeah. So uh, a lot of people ask me why I am interested in the arts. I went to a public high school in North Philadelphia that was. I was born in West Philadelphia. Uh, I wasn't raised in West Philly. I grew up in Northeast Philly, but uh, yeah, I was in West Philadelphia. I was born. Uh, I went to, I went to a, uh, a nerd herd school in North Philadelphia called Central High School, and they had an amazing program in. Well, they had several amazing programs, but they had an amazing arts program there. And my friends were either math nerds or art nerds. And so I really developed a, a love of the visual arts and post, well, while I was in grad school to keep myself sane, I either cooked or I went gallery hopping in Philadelphia. And since moving out to California, I, I had a hard time plugging into the local arts community here, but uh, eventually I found, uh, especially post acquisitions, I had actual, you know, time. I found an organization that I really believed in their mission and I uh, enjoyed helping. It's called Root Division. And what they do is they provide discount studio space to artists in exchange for them doing volunteer work that builds up their, their resume. And the volunteer work could either be curatorial work inside their gallery or teaching adult ed classes or teaching uh, youth uh, art classes in the local schools. And so if you think of it, they, you know, some artists have come out with an MFA in art and like I had no idea how to do the business of art. They know how to produce art, but they know how to talk about art, but they don't know how to do, make a living in it or, or have arts plug into the community. And that's what we try to teach people. Uh, and uh, I would say, I think 85, 90% of our program graduates are still working in the arts uh, today. Um, and it's, uh, it's an excellent mission. Uh, and then separately, I uh, also uh, collect 
and so my house is kind of uh, most of the walls are covered at this point. So, and what was the name of that organization again? That sounded cool. Uh, Root Division. It's so if you go to rootdivision.org. Rootdivision.org. That will be in the show notes. All right. Joel, you were late to join us. Did you have anything pressing that you would like to ask the doctor? How do I get to be like you when I grow up? You <laughs> physically cannot. No. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> it, it, it'd be like that scene in Gattaca where they uh, break your legs and stretch them out a little bit. <laughs> right on. Wow, that's the longest we've ever gone without a Gattaca reference. Yeah. What, really? <laughs> yeah, from the beginning of the podcast till now. <laughs> Yeah, it's been almost a full hour. No, I got nothing. Adam, Adam's the man, and uh, he does not need to be reminded of that fact. Once again, we apologize for Joel Esler. Any comments here, me man? No one asked you. <laughs> That's going on the soundboard. <laughs> the apology or no one asked you? Because both seem relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they should actually... Yeah, I'm going to get rid of... Uh, uh, interrupting Craig's going to stay. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Mitchell, yeah, you didn't, didn't have to use uh, the train horn today. I was just going to say, we didn't have the train. Yeah. He was only here half the time. Right. And he did take over the entire interview. Mm-hmm. He really, but, uh, largely at the request of the doctor. So, you know, we'll, let it, we'll give him a pass on that one. Uh, I have another was, question, though. What was I going to say to you guys? Uh, so if any of you are out in San Francisco and you're out there. This portion of the audio has been redacted because that invitation was way too awesome and we're not sharing it with anyone. Oh, I'm all in. I'm in. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, totally in for that. Um, Mitchell. Yes, sir. I was going to ask you something, and I forgot what it was. I know. I think we did the first half of the podcast, and it's on Joel to do the rest of the podcast. Oh, you think? Yeah, Joel monologue. Ooh. Nigel, you can't remember your question. Yeah, I, I forgot what it was. I was going to ask you something. I were you asking? You were asking about art. I was asking. Yes. Nigel's much more well-educated than I am. Nigel is a man of letters. And I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying that as a joke. It's someone who's interested in the arts. And uh, he is the only one of you, I'm referring to all of Talos, that I will uh, go out of my way to take to a really nice dinner because I know he would appreciate it. Oh. Mm. I just <laughs> got a slam. Yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. That was, wow. That was, Damn. He likes, he appreciates fine dining. Mm, I do. I really like it. Implying that the rest of us don't like to eat. I'll tell you that you don't like to eat. (laughs) It's about the experience, Joel. Well, I mean, to be fair, I did break my ankle going to Wendy's once, so I mean, I kind (laughs) of (laughs) have It's true. Yeah, but you still got there. This is. He, he drug himself. He drug himself down the sidewalk like a walker <laughs> from uh, The Walking Dead. For uh, that's, that's exactly it's actually worse did. than that. We called the Uber from the parking lot and made him pick us up there and drive through before he took us back to the hotel. <laughs> I can't say that I've never asked a limo driver to go through the In-N-Out Burger in Vegas. <laughs> wow, that's oh, wait, that's, yes, that's, that's, very, that's very Kid Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, the, it was me no. and several other other VRT people at the time. It was VRT, and uh, we decided to start drinking before we got on the plane to go to uh, Black Hat DefCon, and we drank on the plane, and we drank when we landed. Like we hit the bar in the airport before we left the wow. airport, 
And then we said, screw it, let's get a limo. We walked out, got in a limo line. We're like, dude, limo, uh, we need to go to this hotel. He's like, all right. Uh, you know, and you know how the limo god drivers always try to make like that conversation. They're like, oh, you know, is there anything I can pick you up on the way? We're like, yeah, in and out burger, go. And he's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, we'll buy you. <laughs> so here we are in the in and out drive through in a stretch limo. <laughs> Good story. Nailed the landing. I did, well, you know, that's me. You know me. Oh, I think I think my question my question is should we should we invite Elias onto a future episode? Do you think? Mm, I think we short sold Elias. I wanted to bring up what other things have come out of Elias's mind in the oh, past. Oh, you know, may not know who Elias is. So, so does I'm just curious. Does anyone listen to this? By the way, uh, actually, we get thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> yeah, we have Amazing. thousands of listeners um, every week, and I don't know why. Dear God, <laughs> it's just yeah. my mom playing it on Looper. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of mime. It's a bit scary, really. I think you should add the as you add that to the soundboard and just punch it every time we stray way off course. We have mm. thousands of listeners, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still don't know why anybody does. Um, uh, we should also remember this is going to be the last podcast that we have come out before Black Hat DefCon. So if uh, we have anything we want to talk about with regard to that. It would, Good time to. You want to talk about Warren's shorts? Yes. Mm. But we do need to talk about Warren's shorts. That has not been mentioned. I think we yet. need to talk about how that came to be. Oh, I have to find. All right, hold on. You guys talk. I need to find the submission that I got a while ago. Oh, because oh, you're going to show us a great I, picture of shorts on the podcast. I'm, no, I'm not showing anybody but you guys. But I want to hear everybody hear your reaction to this submission because <laughs> I haven't shared it yet. The, um, how this came to be was that. Warren uh, Mercer, who's one of our, our outreach analysts, uh, lives in Northern Ireland, and he is not used to 100-degree-plus heat. He's not used to 60-degree heat. Yeah, that's true. Um, so he's going to, insisting that he's going to wear shorts to the uh, Cisco appreciation, a customer appreciation event in, in Black Hat at Las Vegas next week. And uh, Wednesday, July 26th at 8 p.m. And um, at the Omnia Club in uh, Caesar's Palace. The, um, so we said, like, look, you know, we're not wearing shorts. We're not wearing shorts. We're not wearing shorts. We need to show a little bit of professionalism. So I gave him a choice. Or I, I forget who gave him the choice, but it was, it was a conversation between several people. And we gave him a choice. And we said, you can either wear dress pants or if you choose to wear shorts, you uh, have to wear the shorts that, are picked for you by myself and Matthew only. And he chose to go with, I'm going to let somebody else pick my shorts. So, you know, an amazing may, decision. May God have mercy on his soul. I guess Do you guys want so to, if, if, you guys, if you guys get, if you, size, guys in, if you get a size, I can pick up something very special for him. From San Francisco. Oh, okay. Well, hold oh. on. Let's see here. Did he say he was a 34 uh, or 36? I can't remember what he said. It was one of those two. It's in the it's in the it's in the, it's it's in the, the chat. Spark room, yeah. So hold on, let me uh, let me put something into the podcast chat. I just sent it to you as well, Adam on Spark. But this is what was submitted to me. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but you'll have to scroll down to see these shorts. Ah, yes. Let me let me see what we have coming up here. I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't actually. See Oh, were those were those the ones that 
I, I saw those someplace. So I, I can't remember. This, uh, I believe Sammy, Sammy sent this. Yeah, I got this from Sammy. Um, I'm loading. Those are special. You might not be able to sit down. Oh, oh wow. Wow. He might not be able to stand up unless. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I. How are these color changing, though? I don't. I don't know. They, Maybe it's just. They may not. Does he, does he, work, does he work out? No, he doesn't. And the great thing is that he's he's also has red hair, and from Northern Ireland, yeah. and he's uh, probably whiter than any of the white that you can see around. Yeah, here. to to explain the visual, these are these are these are the blue uh, section of the of the American flag with the white stars, and they turn gold when you rub your hand across them. <laughs> so they, they, I didn't oh. that. I so everyone is going yes. to be touching him all Correct. night long. <laughs> so I, I, I'm kind of voting for these. Well, yeah, I, I think if, well, if you want them, you need to order them now. Yeah. Warren, what have you done? All right, so he needs a he needs a large. Is that correct? One size too small would be. Awesome. I think you. I think you need to get extra large because there's I no. Like I, don't know how to, I don't know how to say this on the podcast, but there's no room for. He's not going to be <laughs> smuggling plums in them. <laughs> he's probably gonna. He's probably need the. Uh, he's gonna so, need high width ones. Probably, I don't know. There's a there's an order option here, and it has to do with waste. Mm-hmm. And the two options for the order option are high waisted or regular. High. Definitely high. All right. Definitely high waisted. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> sure. Can you? There's twenty four hour tailor. I did say. I did say I would pay for tailoring for this. Yeah. Imagine walking. Imagine walking into like a fine men's tailor and coming up a picture of the guy and a and a, and, a, and, a, and a brown paper bag. It's like no. It's like, sir, uh, I I I've, I've purchased some of your fine suits before. It's uh, extraordinary craftsmanship and fine selection of fabrics. Uh, but I was wondering, you see this man right here in this picture? I need these to fit him. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Here, there's a yeah. banana. He's holding a banana for scale. It's just, <laughs> I see what you've done there. And then, that's that's option number one. Uh, option number two is you could also just go to Beta Brand and make them buy the Disco Short. Oh, uh, Beta Brand, Beta Brand. It's hello. Mm-hmm. All right. uh, what's amazing is what we were looking at was actually cheap. Uh, well, these are these are hands stitched in San Francisco, oh, pretty God. much. So you got to pay the, the labor costs. <laughs> All right. So wow. Are these under men's or women's? Let's be clear. Uh, just yes. the disco track shorts. Those are what we're gonna go with. Those are those are pretty amazing. Oh, oh. This one comes with a hoodie he could wear in case he gets cold. Uh, there's a bunch of different hoodies. You should see some of the clothes on there. Get them, uh, get them ordered, overnight delivery, and then you can take them to him. All right. Yeah, get those. Get those. Get his selection. Oh, this is where. Okay, I one of my friends uh, has one of these hoodies in gold. Yeah, they also have the Execu hoodie, which is like a the uh, a, a pinstripe suit hoodie. No, no, Mm-mm. nope, nope, not nope. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> just making words up now big news <laughs> get out my credit card good to go all right then all right we got that solved see big i want to point out collaboration yes that is that is and well done sir thank you doctor for bringing your collaborative spirit to the podcast and helping us solve this problem we've actually had for weeks now 
Uh, You're quite welcome. Appreciate that. Right. Excellent. Uh, Nigel, would do yes, you sir. have do you have anything that you would like to to drop as a, as your parting pearls of wisdom? Um, I think that one of the takeaways I think is that everybody needs a PhD. Oh, please don't do it. I would not. Obviously, this yeah. is not a joke. Clearly I would not said. wish. <laughs> I would not wish a PhD. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't wish on anyone. Not wish it on anybody. Yes. No. Um, no. I have to say that, uh, yeah, I've very much enjoyed Adam being on, on the show. Oh, and of course. Thank, thank you, you very guys much for having that. me. I'm, uh, uh, feel honored. Uh, Adam, do you, do you have anything that you would like to, to leave us with today? Yes. The, uh, Cisco security connector for iOS. Super exciting. Uh, we should be in limited availability in September alongside iOS, iOS 11. And, uh, I would love to be able to talk to you guys about it after it gets into the field done let's do it yeah mm-hmm. so you guys heard it here dr adam is going to be dropping his next new hot fire in september joel i know you're you're late to join us today but um i i know that you're gonna have some parting shots we have a lot of things going on right after this podcast comes out at black hat and yeah. defcon in yeah. las vegas uh do you want to share some of those and and some of the things we have going on well, I, I would like to invite everybody that's going to be at the at Black Hat and uh, DEF CON. Come by the Cisco booth, uh, which is booth 700. You can't really miss it. It's the big one right in front of the door when you enter the show floor. Um, and we'll have various speaking events during the week. We have a luncheon that you can attend if you're interested in doing so. Um, and we have a party you can go to. But you can find all of this on the, on the Black Hat uh, site on Cisco.com. And uh, also there is a blog post, I believe, Mitch, that you authored on blogs.cisco.com slash security that has to, that is entitled, I believe, The Talos Guide to Black Hat. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there close enough. So I would go there for all of the things that if you're interested in connecting with Talos or interested in connecting with Cisco at Black Hat, then I would head to blogs.cisco.com slash security and check out Mitch's blog post where you can find all those links. Uh, Matthew. Mike? Um, I think just the uh, a sh- the word of warning to anyone out there. If you are ever offered a choice between acting like a rational adult or doing what you want but letting a team of other people decide how you're going to do it, just act like a rational adult or you're going to end up in some sequined Wonder Woman-looking shorts <laughs> in the middle of the desert. Yes. <laughs> that's my... That's my going to be amazing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That is going to do it for this week. I want to say a very special thank you to Dr. Adam J. O'Donnell, PhD, art lover, security expert, co-founder of Immunet. Thank you for stopping by the show today. We look forward to seeing everyone listening to the podcast. If you're going to be in Las Vegas for Security Summer Camp, Black Hat, and DEF CON, make sure to stop by and say hi to us at the booth. Stop by the party or any other places you can see us. Uh, You can find some great directories and information in the show notes. We'll hopefully see you out there. And we'll hopefully see you all next time here on Beers with Talos. Cheers. Cheers.